Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. It is a brand new edition of Flyers Daily, a Monday edition. Monday is with Meltzer Flyers Daily presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. And this season, Flyers also teaming up with Penn Medicine for the Penn Medicine Assist, which means that every Flyers Assist this season, Penn Medicine and the Flyers will donate 30 pounds of food to local communities in need. Hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we see some assists coming up tomorrow night in San Jose. They've given up a couple of goals lately. We'll talk about that <laughs> with our Monday guest. You read his work at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, uh, the Sharks can't keep it out of their net right now. They've given up 10 in their last in each of their last two. I 20, say. 20 goals in two games. Yep. And still still looking for their first win. You know, uh, and the Flyers need to avoid a repeat because if you remember San Jose was winless last year coming into Philadelphia and they shut the Flyers out. So no, no repeats, you know. You know the funny thing about that game that you just mentioned? We're gonna talk about that in just a second because right. there's some important parallels to the game that took place on Saturday night uh, between the Flyers and the Kings. But, Bill, I'm going to give you a a little quiz here. I'm going to say, guess the coach, guess the player, okay? Let me read you this quote. He said, the coach said, I'm coaching a team. The guys who are going to play, everything is earned. When the game starts, it's not about your name. It's about what's on the front of your jersey and who we believe are going to give us a chance to win. We know player X can make a difference when he's skating and he's involved. And tonight I felt it wasn't there. We're mm-hmm. going to play the guys who are playing. Doesn't matter who you are. It's about the blank team. And I didn't like his game. Who's right. the coach and who's the player? Uh, Vincent. And it was, it was about Johnny, Johnny Goudreau. It was, it was Pascal yeah. Vincent, the head coach of the Columbus blue jackets. And he said that after the uh, blue jackets two one loss against the capitals the other night, and we obviously know Johnny Gaudreau was the big free agent signing there and, um, you know, a really important player to that team. But that is a message that resonates with a lot of coaches in today's NHL. And what we saw in Saturday's game with the Flyers was their first round pick, Cam York, obviously not as established as an NHLer as Johnny Gaudreau, uh, but we saw him sit for the third period. And I think he may have earned it. It was a, uh, it was a really rough night. For, for Cam, uh, you know, three different goals were in various ways. Uh, he was part of the issue on them. Uh, the, you know, the first one, the the Kampa goal, um, you know, it's a bouncing puck. And rather than looking for his man to, to check, he swung at the bouncing puck and uh, his guy went and scored. I, I was actually, um, not, to, not to get too off, off topic here, but I was sitting next to Joe Watson, you know, Flyers Hall of Fame defenseman. Um, and, uh, and and Joe hit the roof o- over a defenseman swinging at a bouncing puck and not looking for the not looking for the guy to check and letting the goalie handle handle the bouncing puck. Yeah. Just just the wrong the wrong play in the wrong situation. Um, then there's the the delay of game penalty, puck over the glass, under no pressure at the time. Um, you know, he must have must have put it ten feet over the glass. I mean, that was just a you know, just a really, really bad play there. And then, you know, and then there, one at the end of the period, and he's on the ice for that one too. And that one really um, was shot between Sandheim skates. And, you know, that was one really that Peterson should have had. But still, it's a, it's, it was a minus three night for, for, um, you know, for York. He kind of, he kind of earned it. Um, you know, sat the rest of the night. And, and mind you, sitting the rest of the night too, he still played a lot of minutes in two periods. 
right? If you, over if you, 15 and a half, over, yeah. Over 15 and a half in, in just two periods. And that's because um, that's because Igor Zamula was having a tough game. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and Torres has to kind of manage Louis Bopedio's minutes. Yeah. So, you know, so it was really, it was really not, not waving the white flag on that game, even though it was already four to nothing, but it was kind of, okay, you know, you're not going to play the right way. You're not going to play. Yeah. And that, I, that I'm going to pick, it's about me picking my spots and I'm picking my spot. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think yeah. the thing he didn't like about the fourth goal, look, the goalie didn't do him any favors, York yeah. on the fourth goal. Um, I'll talk about that in a second, but um, it's the situational hockey. There's yeah. 20 seconds left in the period. Uh, there's no reason to try and force a play at the neutral zone down yeah. three, nothing at that point. And then, you know, Cal Peterson left about two feet too much on the short side with no threat on the other side of the ice. I'm not sure. Um, I, I just don't know if he just didn't read the play or just wasn't, I don't know, taking the rush seriously at that point. I, I don't know how to put it any other way. Yeah. It's egregious. No, no. no from, from outside the dot, from that, that, that just, you know, I don't care if it did part hit off of Sandheim skate and, and very slightly deflect. That's a save you absolutely have to make. 99 times out of 100 even if you don't see it it's just playing the angle yeah you're just you're just shading to the short side there because yeah, there's no threat do. coming down the other side yeah. but he was about two feet off it yeah. I mean, there was so much room on that side i was stunned when i went back and watched it a couple of times um but so york sits down for that third period of the game and bill it becomes really quickly about how does the player react what do they do with this and the reason why i said let's go back to that san jose game right off the hop is because last year on october 23rd Early in the season, Flyers are off to a 4-2 and two start. They're facing a San Jose team that's really struggling. And it's at Wells Fargo Center. San Jose gets out to a 3 nothing lead. And a couple of the Flyers players in that game were not playing to John Tortorella's standard of compete level. And not only that, but James Van Riemsdyk played five shifts in the game, only played three and a half minutes because he got hurt. Right. So they were already down a forward. And John Tortorella opted in a 3 nothing game going into the third period to bench Travis Konechny and bench Kevin Hayes in that game. Yeah. So yeah. he ran nine forwards the rest of the way. Um, and they ended up losing the game three to nothing. And that's a team you could have come back on, but that was a, a, another time for him to pick his spot. And, you know, each player reacted to it differently. Kevin Hayes, you know, didn't go into the coach's office, didn't go asking questions or storm in and stomp his feet. He just continued to play. Travis Konechny went in and wanted to, you know, ask, you know, why and 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 come to an understanding and we know how connect me season went the rest of the way yeah. he obviously took it and did the right thing with it because he had his best season as a pro over a point per game 31 goals on the year how does cam york respond to this because he is a different looking player than travis connect in the yeah. way that they exert themselves on the ice yeah not not much uh not much of anything rattles cam york which can be good. It can be not good, but it's, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure he'll put it immediately behind himself and, and just roll on from there. Um, you know, I don't, I, it, it's funny. I mean, I, in a way, in a way, I, I, I think that, uh, of course likes it partially and partially doesn't like it. Um, you know, I, I think maybe he'd like to see a little fire and emotion out of cam, but that's not the player he is. So, you know, I, I think, I mean, York's not going to take it personally. He he knows that. I mean, it took him a long time to speak after after the game on Saturday, but he he did finally come out and he owned up to you know his game was 
below the bar, significantly below the bar. So he he understood why he sat. Um, yeah, he, he he has to go out and not just uh, you know, not just in San Jose, but have a good road trip and you know to put it put it behind him. It's just just a bump in the road here. That's really you know. But uh, some sometimes I, I I think you know just the situational awareness, the maturation of a young defenseman. All, all these are lessons he can take and 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 learn from and grow from, and that's really really the way to handle it. Yeah, and I think the thing with York, you know, he's a very like you said before, he's doesn't get over emotioned, and and that will pay him huge dividends in big games and big spots. Um, but it's one of the things I think John Tortorella like wants to bring that brimstone up a little bit sometimes yeah. too. Um, it's, it, you know, we look at like players like Mike Schmidt was a guy who was so smooth that never looked like he was trying because he was just so fluid in his movement. And sometimes we mistake that the players that are like that for a lack of effort. It's not yeah. the case, but I talked to John Tortorella a couple weeks ago on hockey and hounds, uh, back on uh, the middle of October. And I asked him about Cam York and I asked him, I said, is there a killer in there? And he said, I hope so, because if not, he'll be an average player. He's got the skills, but he's got to have the, yeah. the, some killer in him. And and that's what we're going to find out. And I think that it's going to be, you know, a very push-push uh, relationship with the two of them uh, right now to get him to that level and then maintain him there, isn't it? I, I think for sure. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, there's trial and error that's involved. I, I, I think that the uh, – Fire and brimstone uh, approach with York is not necessarily going to work, but there's ways to motivate him. Everybody has ways to motivate him. Everybody has buttons you can push. Ice time's uh, a big one. <laughs> that, that, that's the number one. Always <laughs> been the number one. Yeah. You know, that that that's something that spans every player, every generation, every team, right? Every level, everything. Yep. Yeah. So that's uh, you know. So I, I think he. I think that message got through loud and clear uh, in a game where you're again where you're already yeah you have some injuries in the blue line. You're you have certain defense and you're, you're managing very carefully and it didn't matter. It was, it, it was, you know, you're not, you're not playing the rest of tonight. So um, I, I do think, I do think these upcoming games are big ones. Um, I'm especially interested next Saturday when they're, the Flyers are in LA and it's another back-to-back, another situation where they're, I think, I think LA is going to be rested again when they play them and, and in their building. Uh, Cam has to have a good game that night. Uh, that that's going to be a good test for him. Yeah, it'll be three and five days for that because they have the two days between San Jose and Anaheim. Yeah. Um. So it's not three and four, but it's still a back to back on the road yeah. on the West Coast. Maybe a little bit of the late night start coming up tomorrow night in San Jose at ten thirty is mitigated because we changed the clocks. Or maybe that's just me trying to convince myself. I'm not sure. Um, Bill Cal Peterson. We got our first look at him at the NHL level this season. Um. You know, we've talked about the struggles he had the last year and change in L.A. and in their system. Uh, he played four games for the Phantoms. His numbers, about a 3.8 goals against average, uh, save percentage well under 900. Uh, hasn't been off to a good start with four games with the Phantoms. And he gets in for the Flyers. And, you know, the first two goals, I don't think he's got much of a chance on. I really don't. The bouncing puck and then, obviously, the Andre Kopitar tip is a high tip. You're just hoping that one hits you. I did obviously. I did not like that fourth goal in any way, shape, or form. Um, but Carter Hart is out, and he's day to day right now. Uh, but I imagine we're going to see a lot of Sam Harrison because I don't know that Cal Peterson did a whole lot to solidify um, the trust for him to earn the crease right now. 
No, for sure. I mean, you you'll see you'll see Arson in the first two games, and then you're in a again, you're in a back to back kind of situation. So, you know, I I didn't go going into the going into Saturday's game. You know, nowadays it, it's very rare for a goalie to go back to back. You know, I but I thought well he he played 50 minutes um, in Wednesday's game, but he only he only saw, saw was, 11 shots. 11 shots. Right. And then, um, and then he next game after that too, didn't, didn't really see a lot of shots in that game either. So he wasn't really, wasn't really a heavy workload. And he um, hasn't played much to begin with. Hasn't played much to begin with. And last year he, he did a whole bunch of three on three, you know, cause they have them, those in the American league Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And he, he did the three for three multiple times last season. So I, I was saying it's not impossible. LA is a, a tough opponent and, um, had it coming off of a good outing, maybe you go back to him again. But it was it was the right call, even though you know, even though the outcome wasn't great. And Peterson really got off to a good start. Actually, he had to do the split to his first save, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Cal can come up with a big save. Um, sometimes it's sometimes it's the the one that's stoppable that goes in that kind of has been his problem the last two years in LA and so far this season with the Phantoms, and it's really kind of been. One or two that he'd like to have back, and those those are those are save percentage killers, and they they lead to losses too. So, um, but you know there have been stretches of his career, even even one preseason game this year where where Peterson was just amazing. Um, I think it was, it was the game in Boston, I think it was. It was, yeah. Um, and I mean, he was just really severely tested in that game, and he just really stepped up nicely. So. It's not that he's not capable, but you want the consistency, and that's kind of been what he's he's been lacking. Yeah, I think that playing the former team that you just got traded from maybe went into the decision on Saturday as well. Yeah, because I looked at you could make the case either way, and I know analytics says split the goaltending duties, but th- this was obviously different. Bill, those two Buffalo games, can, can you explain hockey to me? Because you know the Flyers in the first game they outshoot them forty to fifteen. Yeah, um, they dominate the faceoff circle. Right. And they lose the game five to two. <laughs> and then the next game, they get out shot 22 to 19. Buffalo dominates the faceoff circle and the Flyers win that game five to one. I'll never understand this damn game of hockey as long as I live. <laughs> no, no. Well, the, the, the second one, the game in Buffalo, I mean, the ice was tilted the first period, the Flyers way. Oh. And so they, 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 they went off, uh, winning three to nothing. And I think scoring chances were like 11 to two. You know, it, it could have it could have been even worse. Flyers uh, attempted twenty one shots that period in that in that first period, yeah. And then the yeah. rest of the game, uh, you know, the Buffalo made their pushes and and really Urson uh, he stepped up whenever they needed to with the big momentum saves. So we didn't have a ton of saves in, in quantity, but in terms of difficulty and situational saves, they were yeah. huge. It was, it was really really a good start for him. Um, I thought in the I thought in the third period. The Flyers were doing a little one-two-two just to, uh, you know, just to try to manage manage with a multi-goal lead and and kind of you know, and a back-to-back, yeah, and 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 with a back-to-back going on. So uh, I, I thought the I thought that that was a play a little bit too because uh, Flyers really didn't didn't attack very much and later yeah he, he had a big lead and and even even so they were still counter punching and scoring goals. Uh, and and you know, good good place to mention here the defensive play that Joel Farabee made, and oh. then feeding Brink for that that really sweet uh, breakaway goal. That was 
that that was nice. And that, that's how you do in these games, right? Even even if even if you're getting outshot at that point in the game, you know, you, you're just dealing a death blow to to counterpunch with a uh you know with a breakaway goal like that. That just that just takes all the wind out of another team's sail. So it was uh, uh they managed that game really well. Even the numbers didn't show it at the end. Yeah, I thought Brink read the play. Obviously, Farabee makes a really good play to yeah. read it and jump the lane and, and cause the turnover to yeah. go the other way. But Brink recognized it right away and got right. on his horse. And and Farabee waited just till he knew Brink was by the defenseman and he could feather the pass. There was a little patience on that delivery as well. Um, I said this to you, I think, in the press box the other night. Um, and watching Brink, you know, at games in person, I see him back check when nobody's watching. Yeah, and that's like some people go. What does that mean? It means that you know he just—it's inherent that he's going to try to get himself back into plays, even if he is seemingly out of the play, because you never know when things can kind of hold up and you can affect defending. And he seems to just back check even when nobody's looking, which tells you no, for sure. And I'll add to that too. I think all the Flyers forwards have been back checking really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you you can't point to a guy who I think has just been, you know, blowing the Bogging zone or, or you know, everybody everybody's bought into to playing all three zones. It, it's been it's been really good in that aspect. Yeah, that that's a very big thing, and that'll endear you to a coach when when he goes back and looks at the film. He goes, yeah. "I didn't even see him back checking in the game, but now I see it, and that's a good thing." Uh, Bill, let's talk about something else that's not good, and that's the power play. It's the third worst in the NHL. Uh, they're ranked thirtieth right now, nine point eight percent. Oddly enough, the two teams below the Flyers, one of them's the Caps, with the greatest goal scorer in the history of the game, yeah. and has you know made such a living on the power play. Caps are at nine point seven. And the St. Louis Blues are at 3.7. Flyers are three times better than the Blues on the power play. That just tells you how bad the Blues power play is. I mean, Jesus, Murphy. Um, But but to me, Bill, I'm watching this power play and I'm going, we need somebody to grab the power play and say it's coming through me. And they also look a little predictable on the power play, not working from below the dot hardly ever. To, to out of a, a set position to try and open up a scoring chance, all coming from the high half wall and the point. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that that hits on the head. Um, you know, when you, when you break down the process of a power play, um, obviously it's great if you can win that first draw and you get the instant possession. And Flyers actually on Saturday won a few of those. Um, and you know, but if, but if there's a clear you have to take it up the icing at the entry. Um, I said one failed entry that I remember, but the other ones got in and got set up. A couple so of real nice had, ones too. Yeah, for for no, they did, they did. Yeah, but both guys, Frost and Konechny. Yeah, and so they uh, so they spent a lot of time in the attack zone. So that's that's step one of the process. But then you have to have a plan of attack, and there was no discernible plan of attack. Um, yeah, for for one thing. Other teams are not afraid of the of the Flyers getting shots through from the point, so they can, you know, so they can kind of take away the the pass from the half wall, uh, you know, to the slots because because they're not you know, they're not afraid of somebody burning you from up high. So um, so so right there, you know, but then but then you have to throw different looks again. You can work but below the goal line. You can, you know, set up a set up a, a layered screen. Um, just, just throw different looks, try, try to work it. If it's not working from the left, from the left wall, try running it from the right wall, just, just different looks. Um, 
Drew would flip sides once in a while just to show a different look. Just, just exactly, exactly. And maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but at least, but at least it's not as as predictable. Um, uh, and, and I thought the I thought the alignment. I know they were trying stuff, but it, it was strange because there were um, throughout right, in the Buffalo game too. Um, I really like Morgan Frost as a as a distributor. I don't like Morgan Frost as a net front guy. That, no, that's, that's not that's his not game. His, that's yeah. not his game. He's a yeah. he's small, right? And and he's a pass. He's a pass guy. So you know. So I I just I didn't understand that one. And and Atkinson on one of the power plays. Well, one of them he kept just taking shots, hoping you know, hoping something got through. But another one, Cam is trying to be a distributor, and that's not his game. He's a shooting guy. He's a trigger. And and, yeah. and it was just guys who were in in the wrong spot. And, uh, you know, it, it was, you know, and if, if they did have actually a guy in the slot and a, and a guy, you know, going, they didn't get it through. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, and they had a couple of good keeps on that. So they, they had all the possession, but uh, unless they start working some rotations that you might actually score on, you know, it, it's going to be a struggle. I mean, the Flyers, um, Flyers had that little oasis there. Um, I guess it was the Minnesota game. I think they had two power play goals they in did, that yeah. one. And then, and then one in the Anaheim game. So other than the other than a five on three goal in the in the bottom game, that's everything. That's it. For, yeah. For, for the and one of those power play goals against Minnesota hits off the skate of the ref and ends up yeah. as a turnover yeah. right to Brink who Hold puts it. Yeah. 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 So it's it's not even like that's a set play. Um, yeah. It's it it seems confounding right now. Um, I mean, even L.A., I mean, they had Drew Doughty playing the bumper late in the game on the power play. Yeah. I was going, what is going on here? <laughs> um, but it's, it's stunning. Um, speaking of Travis Konechny, uh, he's a guy that uh, has now played 500 NHL games, if you can believe it, Bill. Never played a game in the American Hockey League, Travis Konechny. Uh, made the Flyers, and, you know, in his first year, he scores 11 goals, is 28 points in 70 games. Uh, he had the three 24-goal seasons, and then the last one, he scored 24 in 66 games. That was the shortened season due to the pandemic. Had a couple of down years last year, that big year. And this year, he's off to a good start, 11 games. He's got 12 points, nine of them goals, second in the NHL in goal scoring. Um, you know, through 500 games, um, it, it hasn't been a straight road for Travis Konechny. It hasn't quite been the most crooked road in America, uh, but it has not been a, a straight ascension. There's been some some ups and downs and and uh, it looks like he's a player really coming into his own here, 500 games in. No, uh, for sure. He, he, he's grown, uh, at, you know, as a hockey player and grown as a leader, too. Um, yeah. he, he's really started to emerge in that way. Um, he, he's, he's very self-analytical, too, I, I found, especially nowadays. Um, you know, we were talking to him about leading the team in, in – uh, and goals before Saturday's game. And he was talking about, you know, listen, I've had three or four point blank chances this past week that I didn't bury. And, you know, and that, that's what, you know, that's what a good player does. He, he looks at, you know, where can I be better? So that's, uh, you know, one of the big things. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, they're having some bumps on the road. I remember his early days. I mean, uh, Dave Haxall scratched him several times yeah. or, uh, you know, or he'd sit in third periods or, or he wouldn't be used in, in a one goal game. And, you know, the one thing I remember with TK, too, as a young player, he's always been ambitious. And he always said, you know, I'd eventually like to kill penalties, too. And uh, Hack kind of grinned and, and you know, think, I, he was thinking, like, that's never going to happen. I, I think I think that's what he was thinking at the time because, you know, he said, well, you know, 
it's good to have things to work towards, you know, yeah. you know, hack the hacks, not one hacks, one to understate things, but um, you know, but he's done it right. And he's more, he's more of an offensive kind of penalty killer, but that, that can work too. And he's been really effective at it. So to, just to watch him grow as a player, it's crazy that he's at 500 games. It's crazy. Now that, that he's telling young players, uh, you know, enjoy the time. It goes fast. Right? Yeah. How insane so, is that? Yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. He's at five hundred already. Um, all right, Bill. The the road trip ahead is San Jose tomorrow night, Anaheim on Friday, Los Angeles to take on the Kings on Saturday. They'll come back home and then they'll get Carolina for a shot at redemption down in Carolina to wrap up the four game trip. And when you look at the schedule the remainder of this month, Bill. It's not easy. I mean, this is a tough, tough month. After they get that Carolina game, they come home. They take on Vegas, who ho hum is unbelievable. Uh, then they get Columbus, who's – I'm not sure what they'll be at that point. The Islanders, the Rangers, the Islanders, um, and the Rangers, you know, off to a really good start. Then Carolina again in New Jersey. This is a really important stretch of result for the team, I think, and it's not an easy one from an opponent's standpoint. Not, not at all. Um, uh, I hope the Flyers can take something, not the, not the outcome, but from the last, the last Carolina game um, – Flyers dominated that third period against they a very there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, against a very good team, and Carolina finally got a goal late, and they won. But I mean, the Flyers had all sorts of scoring. They carried the play with the game on the line, and just it, it, it didn't go their way. That's how they had to approach those games. Like, don't don't give those teams too much respect. I mean, know what know what they're capable of, but attack a little bit too. Um, you know, if you attack and you come up short, it. it live with whatever it is but uh you know that that game is kind of a blueprint that was also a game too where i mean the flyers just got eaten alive on, on faceoffs in that carolina game and jordan stall and, and and i mean stall's been one of the best of the best in the league for 15 years yeah <laughs> and uh you know so you you know he's gonna win 60 percent or more and that night he won even more than 60 percent you know, but Cockney was winning his draws. Jarvis is winning his draws. I mean, yeah. Flyers couldn't beat anybody in the draw. But, but the the flip side of that was okay. They lost the faceoffs, but they didn't come out of their structure. Mm-hmm. We are losing faceoffs. Really, you know, Caroline didn't get much out of them. So, you know, if you're against a team that that has that much advantage on faceoffs, that's a that's a lesson too. I mean, it's great if you can get the instant possession, but if you don't, okay, it's. Uh, you know, it's nothing imminently dangerous if, if you play it the right way. So, I, I mean, there, there have been there have been a lot of elements. I'm, I'm not going to totally throw throw aside the LA game because it's one where you're against a, a team with a lot of big and talented forwards, and the Flyers just they didn't match up all that well, but they didn't handle the matchups to all that great either. Yeah, um, and they had junctures of the game where you know where they're in it. And then they had uh, in, both in the first and second periods. LA scores closely spaced goals, so you go from zero zero to two nothing. Second period, you had a power play almost, and the one power play the Flyers almost scored on. There was a deflection about ten feet from the net, and and Talbot made one of his best saves of the game. Yeah, that that save and and stopping Atkinson the breakaway were his two yeah. biggest saves of the game. But he you know kicked out his skate. He made the save when it looked like it was going to go in. All right, but you need more of that, right? Yeah. But but still, they, they didn't score in that power play. Okay, then it's three and four nothing, and then then you're done. So, yeah. uh, the you know those those 
those situational things where they got goals bunched on them, where they had little lapses in detail that, that cost them dearly. When you're playing these tough games coming up, that those are the things that can't happen or you will lose by by multi-goal scores. Yeah, at large margins for sure. Um, last thing, Bill, we'll wrap up here. Uh, I want to get an update from you on Matt Bay Michkoff and Cutter Gauthier because I'm on social media. I see, I think Cutter Gauthier scores a goal every seven and a half minutes of real time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like and, – and this guy just shoots from anywhere and it just must be a hard shot to read. I think he worked – I, I think he disguises release very well and uh, sight lines to pucks because when I see where he's scoring from, I'm going, he either got it to the goalie didn't see the release or the goalie is unable to track because of where, where he scores from and the distance he's able to score from. And then Michkov too, an unbelievable goal the other day up the left side. Um, give us an update on both players. Both guys are coming off of great weeks. Uh, Michkov had a, a bow with the flu about two weeks mm-hmm. ago. So, uh, he came back a little slowly in the first three games after that. He didn't look like himself, looked a little, you know, looked a little slow reading plays, just, just turning well, some parts over. Yeah. yeah. But, but then, yeah, then he's back to himself again. And he's, he's coming off an unbelievable week. Uh, they, they lost two to one in overtime. Uh, their most recent game. Uh, he figured in both goals. And honestly, if not for a couple unbelievable saves, could have had, four points in that game he was just every time every time he touches the puck he, he makes magic happen um and you know he he can he's also a really good passer too i didn't know what a good passer Michkov really is i was yeah. him as the goal scorer till still really watching him a lot this year he can he can burn you in, in different ways um there's a hockey iq there isn't there because like i see him in board battles and he is outsized out muscled all those things and it doesn't matter he puts his body in positions to win board battles when he's considerably smaller and not as strong no ex- exactly yeah he has a knack for coming up with those 50 50 pucks he's, he's yeah really good at it um and uh you know i i think too that he's not the he's not Pavel Bore in terms of like straightaway speed. He's never going to be that. He's he's a little, an average, just slightly above you know, north south skater. But I'll tell you what, on his edges, he yeah. is dangerous. When when he's on his edges, he's he's elite. Yeah. So then that that's just as important as, as straight ahead speed and, and the anticipation too, the quickness aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, he materializes in, in scoring areas all the time, and he can score from. He's another guy who can score from sharp angles or. or you know, and you have to watch him behind the net. He he likes he likes to try the Michigan or or banking the puck, you know, off of a skate or, or off the the wall. Or he can make he, net, make, yeah. he can make so many. He uses the back of the net really really well. Danny Briere always used the back of the net really well mm-hmm. uh, as a tool, and I think I think his upside to to do that is higher than Danny's ever was. I, I think you see in some of his highlights, you see an innocuous play that turns into something spectacular very yeah. quickly. Uh, what about Gauthier? What have you, I mean, what have you seen out of him? Uh, with Gauthier, I, I do think that deceptive hands, lightning fast release, um, you know, when he does, when he does get off a one-timer, I mean, it has, it has great movement on it, a, a ton of velocity behind it. He has speed too, especially for a big guy. He's a, he's a really good skater. Um, you know, I I go back and forth with folks about this. Uh, you know, who think he'll be he'll be fine at center uh, versus versus playing. A win. I don't. I, I like him better as a winger, but I can see why. I mean, yeah, you you can you can be a shoot first center. Um, 
Gauthier is always going to be a shoot-first player. And I know the Flyers' organizational goal is to develop him as the center. So, you know, that can certainly work. I, I do think that – I mean, I think he could be – I think he could be playing wing in the NHL right now yeah. and, and be, be scoring. Trigger wing. Yeah, that, that's exactly in a nutshell. And, uh, you know, as a center, I think he still has some, some work to do defensively um, just, to, just to polish things up, to – to be ready for the NHL for those defensive responsibilities. Um, you know, he's always going to be shoot first. He, he can pass too. He makes like, uh, you know, he can, he can fake a shot sometimes and, and find an open guy or he, he makes a really good shot pass kind of play. Yeah. He's not, he's not a, you know, he's not a distributor in the way that, that a Branker or a frost is just as a pure passer. But um, you know, but if you, you overplay him, he, he can burn, he, you know, he can burn you by getting the puck to a teammate too. But um, yeah, I mean he's a he he can he can score from quite a bit of distance actually, and yeah. and, and you can look at some of these plays and go, okay, well you're not going to score like that in the NHL. I think he's one of those guys who's going to score in the NHL on goals that where you're just going to go, hey, it, it's Gauthier. You know, he, he's yeah. a threat every time he's over the blue line, and, and he is. And again, to me, it's yeah, you go well. You don't a lot of people don't score from that distance in the NHL. But again, he's not scoring from that distance because it's he's overpowering guys. Yeah. He's scoring because I think he's he is again disguising the release and not allowing goalies to track. So he's finding a lane where a goalie's looking around the guy and he's shooting on the other side. Yeah, I mean, there's obvious wow factor there with Meechkov, and there could be like oh, like he could be one of those guys that every time he jumps over the boards, like you move your butt from, from inside your seat to the very edge because you're. You never know what's going to happen, but there's a little bit of wow factor in more of like a John LeClaire type of way with Cutter Gauthier than there is than, than you would think. For sure. And, and with better speed too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because Gauthier can, Gauthier can turn on the afterburns and really surprise you by blowing by somebody too. So he has a, he has a whole arsenal offensively that, uh, that it's very exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah, we'll be keeping an eye. We'll keep everybody updated on those two players uh, as we go on throughout as well. And maybe next week we'll check in on Bonk and Denver Barkey and some others uh, in the prospect pool and uh, as well. So uh, stay tuned. We'll do that next week. All right, uh, Rebuilds Work at PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, NHL.com, and HockeyBuzz.com. Flyers back at it tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers Sharks tomorrow on a brand-new episode of Flyers Daily.